Hey there, and welcome back to Dare to Be Great, the podcast for Earth Protected Communities Youth Voices. This is a space for discussion about collective community action. It's time that we come together to imagine sustainable futures into being. I'm Sky Farin, and it's a joy to be with you as we navigate conversations with academics, activists, and artists alike, the regular people who dare to be great when it comes to the planet. Today, I'm joined by Shweta Bari and Kea Lamba, founders of Earth Warriors, which is an early childhood education curriculum that uses play-based learning and a solutions-orientated approach to teaching young children to become sustainable and climate-positive change makers. So Shweta and Kea, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having us, Sky. Happy to be here. Brilliant. So um, it's great to have you. Can you begin by sharing with us your own personal journeys to starting Earth Warriors? Shweta, can you start? Absolutely. Um, So uh, my personal journey is that I've actually worked in education policy for the last 10 years or so um, and have spent time working in India, in Sierra Leone, Nigeria and a few other African countries as well, um, which really gave me a great insight um, into this space. And I'm really, really passionate about education policy. Um, And I have also been really passionate about sustainability which is why Earth Warriors helped me bring together both those passions um, that I managed to do so when I met Kia, my co-founder, who when we were working together um, in London. Uh, I'm actually originally from India, which is where I'm based at the moment. Um, So yeah, that's just a little bit about my journey. And I started my career as a kindergarten teacher in the U.S. with the Teach for America program. And that's where I fell in love with the early childhood age group and realized how much potential they have to learn things from a young age that will then be carried with them throughout their life. So when Shweta and I met, as she mentioned, when she was working in London, it was kind of a perfect marriage of both of our passionate belief in the potential of early childhood education and how teaching sustainable habits to children at a really young age can have a huge impact on how they live their life when they become adults. Brilliant. Thank you. And you've both been really involved in childhood studies and how we can educate children. Uh, You've recently completed an eight-week pilot project that was running across seven countries, I think it was. And something that I think is really great about this project is that it has this great reach and it can create this um, global effort to nurture children's ecological awareness. Can you tell us a bit about how that went and if there's any any consequences of that or any positive things that have come about that ecological understanding for children? Absolutely. So Earth Warriors has two programs. When we started, we originally actually planned for it to be a school-based program that teachers can teach in schools. And once we launched, we got an overwhelming interest from parents in how they could teach these topics to their young kids at home. So we have two tracks, one for teachers in school and one for parents at home. And we don't create anything in a vacuum. We really wanted to get this in the hands of teachers, parents, and children, test it and iterate based on their feedback. So we piloted with 20 children around the world with the at-home program and schools and nurseries in London once they've opened up. And honestly, the feedback has been overwhelmingly positive. We've received some really critical feedback as well, which has definitely helped us improve our lessons and activities and make them much better. But overall, what we heard from both parents and teachers is that kids love 
the activities and love the idea of protecting the earth and have really taken on their earth warrior identity and believe that they can make a difference to save the planet. And that was exactly what we were hoping for. You know, at this age, it's very developmentally appropriate for them to build a lifelong bond and love with nature, to feel empowered that their individual actions can make a difference and to take on their identity as an earth warrior. And so we've just completed um, the eight-week pilots for both parents and schools, and we're finalizing our curriculum to be ready for schools next year. And um, we have our first parent module already out, We Are Earth Warriors, which is a five-week introductory module kind of around these concepts. And our module two around climate change will be coming out in the next few months. Thank you. And yeah, something that's really important is this ability to get children out in nature, as you said. And something that I really like about the modules that you have is that it really does do that. And all the activities are done using items found around the house or in nature. And especially with lockdown, it's, it's more important than ever to get kids outside and engaging with the natural world. So how has Earth Warriors helped foster this space for learning in nature and connecting to the outside world? Do you have any specific examples how you've done that? Um, Shweta, can you begin? Yes, absolutely. So we actually couldn't agree more that um, this was exactly the right time to have done this because one of the things parents really wanted was reduce screen time um, with everyone doing school um, online. Um, so I think we've hopefully really managed to do that in a few different ways because one, our approach is all um, you know, like a do-it-yourself approach. So it involves a lot of like arts and crafts and like bringing items together that are already in the house. So for example, you know, we have activities like you, you can take like an empty yogurt pot and then, you know, we get kids to, for example, decorate it. Um, and so it's upcycling an item. And then, you know, another really good way in which we get kids out in nature is by teaching them how to grow their own food. Um, and that's something children and parents have both loved a lot because we've had options where, you know, if you're living in an apartment with not much access to outdoor space, you could still do an activity like that. Um, but otherwise, if you have access, you can also be outdoors. Um, a lot of nature walks, um, just a lot of hands-on activities that don't involve any screen time. And I think the other point to add is that at this particular age group, it's not about teaching children any complex topics. It is all about what you mentioned, Sky, kind of building that love for nature. So it just comes very naturally from within as it's, as it's like a love and bond with nature. So this love and bond can be built on as kids grow older and then they can be taught more complex topics. So right now, it's just an introduction to concepts along with building that kind of love for nature. Uh, if that makes sense. Yeah, I don't know if you have anything to add. Yeah, and I would say at this age, kids just have this innate love and willingness to help and support other people. So we're really building on that. And as you mentioned, you know, we want to practice what we preach. We don't want to create extra waste. So we don't have any plastic manipulatives or anything like that. Everything with our activities can be found at home or in nature. And it's teaching kids that the earth is a special place to live and they share it with lots of different animals, plants, and humans, not just themselves. And no matter where you are, who you look like, earth is your home. Mm, yeah, that's so important. Um, do you have any stories of when you were younger of how nature affected you? Um, was there any moments where you had this understanding as a young child of the importance of the natural world? 
Yeah, so actually, this is something Shweta and I talk about a lot. You know, when we were young kids, we were never taught about climate change or sustainability growing up. So this is actually something we've had to teach ourselves as adults, and we're quite late to the game. And as we all know, it's really difficult to change your behavior as an adult. So it's really important to embed these sustainable habits from a young age so it becomes as natural as brushing your teeth. And, you know, I myself grew up in Hong Kong, which is quite a concrete city. There aren't too many green spaces or parks available within the city itself. And so it was more of an effort to try and go out and connect with nature and get kind of this element versus we're really trying to build this earth warriors program so that even if you live in an urban setting, there are ways you can do it in an easy, low cost way to introduce your kids to nature. Shweta, I don't know if you wanted to add. Yeah, no, I would just add actually um, echoing similar sentiments to Kea that I, I grew up in Delhi, which again does not have very many green spaces. Um, and so it, I think that was something quite integral that I think I missed out on during my childhood because we just didn't have so much access to outdoor spaces and it was actually something I discovered um, a lot later in my life. And I think that has also pushed us to realize um how it's so important for this to start so much younger. Um, and I just think because there's so much kind of calm and happiness that, and, you know, especially during the lockdown with the focus on mental health, we've all seen what an impact being out in nature can have. Um, so I think it's really drawing from that. I, I can't say there was anything in my childhood that made me realize that experience, but it was a lot actually when, you know, I was older and then looking back on it, wish that I'd had more of those experiences as a child. It's amazing that you both had the same experience of not necessarily experiencing that as a child, but then wanting to promote this for children today. I think that's really fab. Um, and I'm, I'm really fascinated by the benefits of learning through play. Can you share why you've made play integral to your approach to learning? So I think, yes, slightly better place to answer this question because her expertise is in play-based learning. But um, I'll give a brief intro. It's because... You know, at that young age, uh, especially in the early years, there is research and evidence that shows that play-based learning is the most effective way um, to teach children at that age, right? And I think that's one of the main reasons that we use a more play-based approach because it's not about explaining, you know, complex topics using textbooks and videos and theory, but it's a lot more about using play and fun to teach children exactly the same topics. And I think particularly for the early years age group, there's huge proven cognitive benefits um, of doing that. Um, but I think, Kia, would you like to add to that? Because I think you're better placed to answer that question. Absolutely. So Shweta, I think you started exactly where I was going to, is that there's so much evidence and research that shows the benefits of play-based learning on both cognitive development, academic skills, motor skill development, and most importantly, you know, the world is complex and play and role play, all of those things help kids kind of navigate this complex world in a way that's age appropriate and developmentally appropriate for them. And so because we are tackling quite big and complex issue, play, hands-on activities, dialogue um, is a very age-appropriate way for us to do this and helps kids learn about it in a non-scary, non-anxiety producing way. Um, but I'm happy to share afterwards, there's lots of evidence around the benefits of play-based learning. 
Thank you. I find it really interesting that you mentioned the idea of trying not to make it anxious for the children because obviously in this climate-threatened world, it can be really hard for children to get over or you know come to terms with these big ideas and it can often lead to eco-grief and fear about what the future can bring, especially for these young children who may not quite have a grasp on it or are not ready to quite understand it yet. Um, how have you been tackling this anxiety that climate and ecological devastation could cause in these young children? Yeah, so when we started and had the idea for Earth Warriors, that's actually one of the biggest pieces of pushback that we got is, no, this is too scary and too complex to teach young children. And we've actually found that's not the case. We've very intentionally designed our program to be extremely positive and solutions focused and empower children to believe they can make a difference rather than tell them everything's wrong and scare them. And we were very, very proactive in getting our feedback from parents and teachers, particularly around this issue of did our lessons or activities produce anxiety or scare the children or your students? And 100% of parents and teachers in the pilot said that this produced no anxiety or fear in their children. It actually really just motivated them and they believed they could be an earth warrior. And again, our activities and the concepts we're teaching are very age appropriate. It's not age appropriate to try and get a five-year-old to engage in systems level change and government change. We're building the foundational skills and knowledge that they need at this age. So as they grow older, they can engage in that systems level. We have a very intentional arc where they will build the foundation at this young age that will then enable them to go on to tackle climate change at a societal government systems level when they get older. But right now, it's all really about empowering them, having them believe they can make a difference. And one of the ways that we do this intentionally in our program is at the end of each module, children or students earn a badge. And with this badge, they know that they are helping an animal because we donate 5% of our profits to an endangered animal and they get updates on that animal. So they know that, oh, by learning about how to protect the earth, we are actually protecting a polar bear or a giant panda or whichever animal is associated with that module. So we've really tried to make it a very empowering, positive, solutions-focused experience for kids. And that's the feedback that we've heard is that they really do um, feel empowered as opposed to scared in a very age-appropriate way. Yeah, and if I could just add to that exactly what Kia said around like making children feel empowered, but also one of the things we've uh, tried to make children recognize is that they're not alone in this endeavor, but they're actually part of a big kind of community of earth warriors all around the world um, who are together trying to make this happen. Um, and I think that's been a really uh, interesting motivating factor for children as well that we saw from our pilot is that they're really motivated to hear that there are other children like them around the globe um, that are part of this earth warriors community. Um, and I think that's also made it a quite a you know fun experience for children knowing that they they have other peers around the world that they can do this with. Yeah, thank you. That um, empowerment of young children is so crucial, I think. And I feel like beyond this, it's really great that you can reframe who are the change makers. And that is everyone, you know, empowering these young people to think that, oh, I can make a difference. Um, and when you give this narrative of empowering others, whether that's through your modules of learning about climate change or pollution 
or recycling. And then you put these alongside the regular curriculum subjects such as maths and English. There's there's real potential for children to realise that they they all can be change makers in the world. And yeah, there's there's a lot of hope in that idea. So so thank you. And as part of this, I wanted to touch on your last module in the Earth Warrior curriculum, which is called Community Project in Advocacy. Um, and why was it so important to include this as part of the learning journey? Yes, absolutely. Um, so one of the reasons we've included this um, module is because we really want children to realize or understand that they do have the ability to affect change. And it also gives them an opportunity to understand problems and issues in the local context in which they live. Um, so this community-based module actually gives them the opportunity to do both because through that, children can be made aware of particular issues in the local area in which they live and then actually come together, feel like they can make a tangible impact and actually see the impact of that um, on the ground. Um, So we really believe that it's not just about teaching children in a vacuum, but I think if you want children to feel empowered, yes, it's amazing that we give them a badge. But also it is about showing them that no matter how old you are, you can make a difference in your community if you come together. Um, So I think from that perspective, it's sort of, you know, while they've learned through play, it's, it's almost putting what they've learned into action, which we believe can be quite empowering. And Nukia, would you like to add anything to that? Yeah, there's just one thing that I would add. I think you summed it up beautifully. And also... One point I would make is we are a global curriculum, and that's one of the brilliant things because we can have Earth Warriors all over the world. However, we know that there is no one-size-fits-all approach, and every city, country, region needs to have their own approach to tackling climate change because the issues are different and unique to each location. And so one of the things we do encourage in our curriculum is adapting it for your local context, and we give highlights and examples of how to do that. And I think this community advocacy project is another example of how students, teachers, parents, children know what their community needs the most. We don't. And so this is an opportunity for them to pick a really local problem and work on something that's close to their community as a part of this bigger connected global curriculum. I love what you say there about this no one size fits all approach for children to learning. I think that especially that can be neglected in the broader educational system. Um, Although it is beginning to be recognised as true, but rarely implemented, um, I think it's great that you guys are going ahead with that. Um, On a slightly different note, I was wondering, is this something that has benefited um, the children's parents and siblings? Have the children had an effect on their parents? Have they changed their minds? Has it been this um, role reversal? Yes, absolutely. So in a lot of our feedback forms as well, we asked parents, you know, has this changed your behavior kind of or mindsets or nudged you? And the response is actually overwhelmingly yes. Parents feel both one that now that they're learning and talking about these topics, they themselves want to live a more green life to set an example for their kids. But two, that the kids really are nudging them with what they learn in these lessons and actually Um, One of the moms wrote a brilliant blog for us about how her child has really nudged the behavior of their entire household. And so there's also evidence from The Lancet that shows when you do teach kids about these topics at a young age, not only is it good for them, but it really can nudge the adult behavior around them. And that's what we really saw in our pilot. Shweta, I don't know if you want to add a bit. 
I think the only thing is that it was really, really interesting to see that um, this was talked about, but to see it in action was really amazing. And it was amazing that the number of parents who talked about how they need to be a lot more conscious in their um, in the way they're parenting and the actions they're taking around the house if they want their children to have the same values. Um, and I think that was really powerful and interesting. Mm, yeah, I love this idea of the parents learning from their children. Um, Shweta, I was wondering if I could ask you a question in particular. Um, as before working with children, you worked with governments, multilateral organisations and civil society. How was it making a shift from working with those groups to working with children? And was there a reason why you made that shift? That's a really great question, Sky. Um, I think I think it, before in working with government and working with um, multilateral organisations, my focus was always still on children ultimately but it was through kind of more systems level change um so it was working a lot more indirectly you know on children by working on the policies that would ultimately affect their future the way they learn access to education quality of education and lots of you know those other topics but i always felt slightly disconnected because I think um, I've always felt that the greatest joy I got out of my work was when I was actually, you know, in the field, visiting schools, um, you know, talking to teachers, talking to children and, you know, their parents. And that's when I always felt the maximum amount of satisfaction. And I think the one thing about working through government and multilaterals is that you don't often have as much control. So you can advise but then whether that advice is implemented and how it's implemented is um, is not really in your hands. So I think Earth Warriors has been a really lovely shift away from that where Kay and I are, you know, curating, you know, what children will learn, um, getting it to parents and schools um, that can use it directly and, you know, seeing that impact on children directly, which has been really rewarding. So yeah, I think it's just been that shift from working with children indirectly to working with them directly and seeing that impact firsthand, um, which has been really lovely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and Kea, um, a specific question for you is, well, another important piece of work that you've been doing over lockdown that I wanted to talk about is that you've been designing early childhood radio scripts um, in order to support students globally during school closures. Can you tell us a bit about this? Absolutely. So <clears throat> I was really lucky that when the pandemic started, I was already uh, consulting with a brilliant organization called Rising Academies, and they work across three countries, Sierra Leone, Liberia, and Ghana. And when the pandemic hit, you know, a lot of countries don't have access to the internet, they don't have access to electronics to learn at home. And so one way that we were able to reach a lot of students across the globe was through radio, which is still quite a ubiquitous form, uh, a ubiquitous medium across the world. And Rising actually <clears throat> first opened their schools when Ebola hit. And so they had some experience with a pandemic, school closures, and were able to get their radio scripts up and running on national radio in Liberia within two weeks of schools closing. And since then, it was a huge team effort to kind of build out hundreds and hundreds of 
radio script lessons across all different age groups and try to make them interactive and engaging. And a lot of the early childhood ones that I designed had a lot of playful elements and physical elements to get kids up and moving and keep them occupied. But it's a really phenomenal um, program called Rising on Air that is now still continuing beyond the pandemic. Thank you. I wanted to ask, often in environmental circles, and it really applies to any group who's working in advocacy, we preach to the converted. Has it been a challenge for you to engage people who are not already ecologically minded or aware of the threats of climate change? Yeah, that's that's an excellent question, actually. I think um, what we found is generally whoever we've spoken to about the need for you know education and early years on these topics has agreed that it is extremely important um, and for that you know we've been really grateful for the support that we've received um, but ba- but that being said I think Kia and I are both very cognizant of the fact that our first sort of market so to say our parents and schools and teachers that are already aware of how critical this topic is so i think there's i think you know there are there are a group of people and you know in certain parts of the world who are more aware about how important this topic is um and you know recognize the need for it to be taught and inculcated at a really early age Whereas there are also other individuals who, you know, just depending on the context that you're in and perhaps don't give it as much importance. So I think it's definitely quite a, it's definitely quite a tricky balance. What I can say is that, yes, I think it is definitely easier, for example, for us to get this curriculum to parents and schools that are already a lot more aware of these topics. But what we also hope is that there is going to be a domino effect over a period of time as children talk to other children, parents talk to other parents, um, and schools see other schools doing this. So one, I'm hopeful that there is going to be a domino effect. And second, you know, we are making all our efforts to, you know, reach wider communities as well. So while we are targeting, you know, parents and schools that are aware of the importance of this topic, we do also want to, you know, generate more awareness on um, how important this actually is. So we are making those efforts as well. But I think acknowledging that it's definitely tricky. Yeah, I don't know if you wanted to add something. No, I, I think you got it exactly. Thank you. Um, yeah, I really like the way that Earth Protectors has a very positive approach. And I think, as you said, you need this balance, but definitely this hopeful approach that you have definitely helps to engage people. So leading on to this, um, what is the future of Earth Warriors and have you got anything upcoming to share? Yeah, we have lots of exciting plans for 2021. So as we mentioned, first of all, um, our school curriculum is almost finalized and ready to use for the next school year. So we're actively looking for schools, head teachers, teachers who'd like to use it. That's one piece. Then on the other piece, as I mentioned, our first parent module is out and we have two more coming out in 2021 that we're very excited about. And in addition to that, we also have a few books in the works. So we're excited to kind of release more information on that as they are more final. And last but not least, we are working um, in collaboration with some experts from the Stanford School of Earth and the Harvard Graduate School of Education on creating global early childhood climate change learning standards because currently they don't exist. And we are we want to 
make those free and available to anyone, any school, any organization who wants to use them. So we're quite excited about that. Um, In addition, we are also collaborating with National Geographic to create some animated videos for this age group around climate change and biodiversity because we've realized that there aren't many videos out there that are appropriate for the three to five age group. So lots of different exciting pieces and projects in the works. Um, Shweta, let me know if I forgot anything because I know we have quite a few pieces moving. Just to say that um, both Kia and I are really excited about all of the things that we have coming up. And, you know, it um, it's really brought us a lot of joy to see our curriculum um, in action in schools and with parents and children. So, you know, just hoping that we can um, get Earth Warriors out to as many teachers, students um, and parents as we can. Yeah, it's fantastic to think that there are children all over the world who are working as Earth Warriors, um, thanks to you guys. So that, that's amazing. Um, I really love what you were saying, uh, Kea, about trying to get curriculum learning up to scratch on climate issues. So have you got anything else you could tell us about how curriculum learning doesn't include climate change and environmental issues? And perhaps if you know why that is or the efforts that are being made to change that? So I would say that a lot of school curriculums and national country curriculums do include some kind of environmental science, for example. However, a lot of them don't include climate change and don't have a comprehensive climate change learning standards, particularly for this young early childhood education age group. And I think You know, like I mentioned, this wasn't really something that we all learned about growing up. It wasn't really involved in the education system. And as we did our research, you know, we found that Italy, only Italy and a few other countries have climate change learning standards as part of their national education curriculum. We do hope that as more young activists and young people are demanding climate education, that this is something that will change and countries will move towards educating young people, young children on this more. And so we really want to do our part and create these standards that we want to make available for everyone to try and move countries and governments and push them a bit more to include this in their national education standards. I will let Shwata add on. I guess the only thing to say is that climate change is only now um, being recognized as something that should be taught about in schools. And even though it is touched upon in like various different subjects like science and geography, it's it's not treated as a subject area by itself at the moment. Um, and I think that's just something that um, we think would be really a useful gap to fill, um, particularly for the early years, which is what we're focusing on. Yeah, it's fab that it's finally being recognized as something that needs to be taught to children. So as building communities and connections is key to creating resilience, are you able to share with us um, just a couple of people or groups who are working to create a better world and deserve to have their work highlighted? Yes, absolutely. Um, I think there's an incredible number of people out there who are doing such amazing work. Uh, One, I'm really, really impressed with 
um, you know, the young climate activists that are, you know, that are doing their bit to bring about change. I think the advocacy efforts of young women like Greta Thunberg um, and the young people that have been involved in Fridays for Future and School Strike for Climate has been really commendable. Um, and, you know, I really think adults can learn from the work that they've been doing. Um, so I think they're definitely um, a group of uh, activists and, you know, young adults who have been doing some fantastic work. Um, and I think the other one that would come to mind is that I would just say that I think there's, I mean, and there's not like any one person in particular, but I just think there's generally a lot of fantastic people at the grassroots level who are doing their bit um, to affect change. And a lot of times, um, you know, those people don't come to the forefront. They're not in the news. Um, so I think, you know, anyone that's taking kind of any individual action, whether it's in their local community doing a cleanup um, or, you know, just a bit of advocacy, um, I just think all of those people deserve to be recognized. It's just that sometimes they're, they never come to the fore. So I'd really like to take a moment to recognize everyone who's making that individual effort in their lives. Thank you. That's a really beautiful message that anyone can be climate activists. Where can people find out about you guys, whether on social media or website? Absolutely. So they can find everything on our website, which is www.earthwarriorsglobal.com. And there we have links to our social media. We have a very active Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. They can also find out more about our home and school curriculum and actually buy the modules on there. Thank you, Shweta and Kea. It's been an absolute joy to speak to you. And I really hope to follow Earth Warriors' future as you develop. It sounds really exciting stuff on the way. So thanks so much for chatting with me today. Thanks so much for having us, Sky. It was really lovely to be able to come and chat about Earth Warriors. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening. Please check out Earth Protect Communities at earthprotectcommunities.net and all our social media platforms under Earth Protect Communities as well. If you've enjoyed listening, why not consider giving us a five-star review? It really helps us to share this podcast with more people. Our logo was designed by Gemma Tricky at Gemma Tricky Studio. A special thank you to Anita Van Rossum and Joe Kimber for their guidance. You can find links to everything that we've mentioned in the show notes.